is an informal conversation between three girls trying to navigate the millennial world. My name is Shannon. Karen. And I'm Cece. And welcome to our podcast. So how's your guys' day? It's good. I woke up. Didn't want to get out of bed. But I did. And now I'm here with you lovely ladies. Yay! 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 Story of my life. My mom woke me up and was like, don't you have a meeting to go to in 15 minutes? And I'm like, shit. (laughs) So I just jumped out of my bed and threw on this romper and... Didn't comb my hair, put a Listerine strip in my mouth, <laughs> and... <laughs> Wait, like those packs that, like, go on your side? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I hate those. I love that. I like those. Me too. I hate those. So funny. And went on my way. Yeah, I, like, took my sweet time. <laughs> you always do. I woke up, I was like, meh. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna get ready now. And then in the shower, I'm like, meh. <laughs> And then I, I get out of the shower. I didn't think you guys were coming today. I was like, oh. Because no one texted you at, in the morning. I know. Yeah. We need to get better at that. We came. We came. We're we here. Conquered. You know? And we're now here, ready to talk about such an awesome topic today. Yeah. Um, today, we're going to be talking about meditation and different um, different types of meditation our own stories about how we got into meditation and yeah basically how we feel about it so today i'd like to start this podcast with a collective ohm okay (laughs) okay we have to take a big inhale and then you go felt as good for you listening as it was saying it yeah you should try that too if you want move the the recording um you know 20 seconds earlier and do it with us (laughs) just play it back and do it get into the mindset (laughs) that we're in right now um so i don't know how did you guys get into meditation what is your first um kind of your first like introduction to meditation how what was that like for you guys um for me I actually started meditating when I was seeing a therapist okay (laughs) she was the one that actually told me or she guided me through a meditation and then in that instance um I kind of didn't really like her guided meditation because she was asking me a lot of things like Think of someone you love in your life. And then at that moment in the life, I just went through a breakup. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't love anyone. No one loves me. So I just started realizing, like, there are a lot of things wrong with me. And these thoughts kept amplifying in my head. And I'm like, it just kind of drove me crazy. And then when you say guided meditation, what do you mean by that? So she was the one that led me through it. Um, So guided meditation is basically where there is a narrator telling you how to quiet your thoughts and what to focus on. Like, they'll tell you to focus on your breathing or your surroundings, and they'll tell you to think about certain things while you're meditating. 
and you you focus on just that and nothing else Mm. to just be present in that moment but she thinking. totally yeah she just <laughs> triggered, fuck you, therapist. She triggered something in me i was like oh my god but i kind of like those moments when i'm meditating yeah because then i realize where my thought pattern is going wrong right because then okay. yeah because i'm like so aware of my thoughts whereas everyday life like I don't know. I feel like it just happens, you know? Like, yeah. I'll think and then I'll feel bad. And I'm like, what? What did I do that made me feel bad? Mm-hmm. Whereas when I'm meditating, I literally am, like, observing the thought. And I'm like, yeah. wow, what a negative thought. Like, you know, why am I thinking this? Mm. Or if it's a positive thought. So you just kind of, like, you let the thoughts come. And then you just kind of, all right, they're there. Now I know that they're there. I can just let them go. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know, or do you find that in your meditation you just, like, fixate on those thoughts? Mm. Um, well, first I observe, and then you can chant a mantra, which I feel like is just implanting certain types of thoughts and energy into your brain, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of people say OM because I feel like that has a higher mm-hmm. level or energy to it. So if you keep saying that and then you eventually start to resonate with it, I think mm-hmm. you're just bringing your energy to a higher level than if I'm not sure what everyone thinks about in their day-to-day. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of us um, end up thinking about like more, more negative things than we, than we want to probably admit or be aware of. So when you say we think of OM, what does OM mean? Hmm. Or what does OM like represent? OM is everything and nothingness. That's what it is. OM is essentially the universal consciousness. Okay. Like everything embodied in one, it's not one syllable. Okay. But apparently like the way that you say OM... And oh. the um, the frequencies or the vibrations that you yeah. emit when you say it mm-hmm. encompass almost everything, like totality of the universe. So that's, that's so why you feel so whole. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into meditation, Shannon? Um, so I'm Indian, mm-hmm. if you don't know. Um, and so I feel like I've always grown up with parents that meditated and so that was always kind of instilled in me um and then when I was like 14 I started getting into Buddhism so then I found my own venue into meditating myself and then it's something I always go back to like it's just regular practice Mm -hmm. did they did your parents ever like teach you oh this is how you should be meditating or were they just kind of like, you just observed them like meditating on a normal day type thing? Um, I think it was more observing them on a normal day. I think my parents never were like, this is how you meditate. Because mm-hmm. I have memories of me being a child and me and my brother were just like, we would close our eyes, but then like he would open his eyes and I would open my eyes while we, everyone else was <laughs> meditating uh-huh. and like kind of laugh. You know, Mm -hmm. and then as we got older, I think that's something we just fell back on. And then we found our own way to use it and to tap into our own mind. And I feel like that's something that no one can 
really teach, teach you. you how to do. Yeah. Sometimes you just fall into it. Like, yeah. I think one day I was like, oh, wait, something different is happening. And I think it was a day where I had meditated enough or the surroundings around me were quiet enough that I had become aware, like a little more aware than I usually had been. And then that awareness kept growing each time I meditated. Right. Because I wondered, like, because Karen, you say that your therapist, um, she was the one that, like, introduced you to, like, a guided meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's a lot different than how Shannon's parents kind of introduced meditation to her. And I think about... Um, you know, so many people, they get introduced meditation, but they don't realize that there's so many different ways that you can enter into that meditative state because that's basically what you're trying to do, right, with meditation is to get into a certain state of being, not necessarily a state of mind, but just a state of being. Because I think when we meditate, um, like you said, like we think about these thoughts or we're just being still or... We let things come and go, but I don't think we're realizing, like, the psychological effects of, like, processing things and then just not um, having attachment to them. Mm -hmm. So I think when there's, like, a guided meditation, Mm -hmm. it's probably, like, geared towards people who have, like, chaotic thoughts or, you know, they need some kind of grounding into their own thoughts. And because for me, I kind of did my own type of like research on meditation. I got into yoga when I was about like 17 and I was like, okay, like I'm going to meditate. I'm going to go on a hike and sit on this rock and just like (laughs) hold my fingers together and kind of think and breathe. And to me, that was meditation. And ever since then, I kind of like always did that every so often. Like I always went on a hike or I always like, um, you know, went somewhere where I could be alone and just close my eyes and breathe and think about certain things. And sometimes I would cry, you know, because those things would bring up all these like inner, um, these inner problems or issues that we face in daily life. Um, But it didn't get reiterated into my like daily life until I took this um, health psychology class in college. And this class was taught by um, a professor who was also an HIV researcher at UCLA. Um, So he has kind of this like sports psychology, like HIV um, research, like background. And I didn't even, you wouldn't think that he would be into meditation, but he really put meditation into his curriculum. Mm -hmm. He gave us like books on it. And he was like, okay, you're going to have an assignment for the rest of the semester where you have to meditate, you know, every so often and you have to, um, you have to record how you do it on Twitter, which I thought was interesting because now I was like, oh, I'm being accountable for how I meditate now. And also you're integrating it with With social social media. media. Yeah, it was really interesting. Whereas I feel like, well, I mean... For me, this is growing up, meditation was always an individual activity. Right. And then as I got older, I realized people do this in groups, you mm-hmm. know? And I feel like that's a whole different scenario because the energies are mixing. I know that sounds a little... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's important. Like, well, I get you what you mean. Because like in a yoga class, when we get in Shavasana, which is when you're laying down with mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. and you're, in, you're quiet and you're thinking... 
I think if you aren't uh, protective of your own energy or everyone's energy, you're going to pick up on the energy in the room. And, you know, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but sometimes I, I felt feel some dark too. shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you people need Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> um, or something. Y'all need to meditate more. Yeah, yeah. Meditate more. But I think, like, meditating is becoming aware of your thoughts but also resonating with a certain energy while you're meditating like mm-hmm. i feel like the the mindset that you're in while you're meditating yeah. you're trying to hold that mindset in for a long time right and so if you're meditating or someone's leading the meditation and their intentions are not good right uh. if they're trying to control you or instill fear in you or anything like that i feel Mm. like that can also have that effect on you too okay so it's not always it you have to be Uh. protective of that because i feel like when you're meditating you're just focusing but you can also be letting your guard down your mental and emotional guard down that makes me think of um because you know for me when i was like meditating it almost reminded me of how i would pray like mm-hmm. when I'm in prayer and um, I come from a Catholic background. So praying and going to church was very um, scary nonetheless, you know. Scary? Scary because like you said, you brought up that point where like sometimes mm-hmm. if you're being guided, sometimes you could be guided by fear. And if people are instilling that in you, it's really scary. And, you know, especially when you're collectively praying, mm-hmm. um, I found that sometimes like when I was in church and, you know, I'm around people and they're praying and I'm just praying and I'll just sit there and I want to cry because I don't understand like what what this like energy I'm picking up on in church. And I think that's a really cool point that you brought up because I'm I don't know. I think um, I agree. I feel like a lot of Western religions from what I've known are either like fear-based or organized religion in general Mm -hmm. tends to be um fear-based or shame-based right right Right. and so we're like ashamed of our sexuality or Mm. um we're always sinning right Right. so we have this eternal guilt right so which is why i'm like when in prayer i always felt a little shame but when i was when i'm meditating i just feel like i'm just dealing or processing you're processing something else without any judgment other than my own because in that point it's just my own thoughts leading yourself right and i think the main point you know i think we're trying to say is that meditation it helps you not only process but it helps you be mindful of the world that you live in you know or the thing you know or yourself your makes you be mindful of yourself and Mm -hmm. um it really helps you realign yourself so sometimes mm -hmm. i feel like in our day-to-day lives we act um because we're goal-driven people and then Mm -hmm. we don't take enough time to recollect or realign when we see ourselves getting off track um this happens to me a lot like i have a lot of goals and i try to work on them every day and obviously i'm not perfect so i don't hit my mark every day but then meditation gives me a tool to process what's happened and maybe why I didn't hit that mark whatever desires or whatever else is pulling me in different directions and then helping me realize whether I want to follow those desires or realign back onto track towards my goals Mm -hmm. and so it can be a tool to um, help you realize your full potential because you are leading yourself and you do have the power to lead yourself where you want to be so I feel like meditation is your ultimate tool in that aspect um 
For mm. me, I feel like it helps me uncover a lot of trauma that I've experienced. Um, like, I'll notice... I'm, I'm a pretty sensitive person, especially to people's behaviors and actions, especially if they are come off as rude or sometimes it just affects me in a certain way. And I won't even understand why. I'll, I'll have this feeling of sadness, anger, or just sort of negative feeling that kind of wells up when a certain person talks to me a certain way or, like, reacts to a certain way to me. And then at the end of the day, like, I don't really know what to do with these feelings. So sometimes when I meditate, it kind of brings those feelings up in my consciousness and I kind of reflect on, like, what's happened and why I feel this way. And it kind of helps me come to terms with, like, what is actually going on and why I'm reacting this way. And it kind of brings it back to certain situations in the past where I've been hurt before. And it's a pretty eye-opening experience because it actually allows me to react differently when I encounter that situation again. Um, And it kind of forces me to let go of these feelings that I have. And they're not actually feelings that I feel right now. It's because it's something that happened in the past. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes I feel like when you don't process those Mm -hmm. emotions, you start to repress Mm -hmm. and like you start to hold it in your body, especially. Yeah. Stress in your body so bad. Yeah. I would say that meditation is probably one of the biggest tools for stress management. You know, and everybody knows that stress is one of the hugest killers. It's not, I mean, the killer is stress, right? The killer of the human spirit, right? Which is like worse. I mean, that's like aligned with your body as soon as you give up on that. It's just cancerous to your body, to your, to your health and your mental health too. Yeah. So do you have any, like, I know you have a a story about, um, about a sound meditation. mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like Karen said, she was talking about how, um, you know, meditation really helps her go through like traumatic experiences or process, um, just like things that aren't fucking chill, like in your life. And for me, I had this really, this one particular experience with meditating, um, that kind of scared me in a way. Um, Tell us, Cecilia. (laughs) Tell us your truth. I'm going to tell you my truth. And, you know, okay, listeners, this is going to be a fucking warning. If you're sensitive to these types of energies or if you relate to certain things, um, I'm just going to reiterate it. I'm not attached to this energy anymore. But if you are, like, just be mindful of that. Um, So I went to a sound meditation. Do you know what a sound meditation is? Or have you ever been to one? Yeah, I've actually been to one, and I I love them. (laughs) Yeah. See, so Uh so Shannon had a a very great experience with one. Yeah. And I had a very um, not-so-great experience with one. But also, I think... I think... And I think it has... We we deal with existential dread uh, differently. And I think that might be the turning point Uh. for it. Perhaps, and then I think at the time of my life, it was definitely apparent that there were things I was mm. not dealing with. Mm-hmm. So basically in the sound meditation, we did a, a light um, little yoga practice, you know, some like stretches here, some downward dogs, you know, <laughs> and then um, then we were guided into Shavasana or any, any, um, any pose that felt comfortable to you. And 
mind you, there's about like 40 people in this room and there's a yoga instructor and then there's also somebody like playing on these um, Tibetan bowls and they also had like rain sticks and I don't know, the gongy thingies or, you know, <laughs> I don't know, they're making crazy noises and it sounds yeah. nice, but it's also really trippy, you know, because it's like wah wah and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Isn't that crazy though? And I feel like it all sounds, it sounds so like, I think it might sound weird if you're not really familiar with these things and us describing this to you. Mm. But I mean, think about like the effect that music has on you. Oh, yeah. Like at the club, you know? Which I have something you want to like. Or when you're sad and in your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or when you're in love and you listen to Frank Sinatra while you get ready for a date, you know? Like, listen to Frank Ocean. Swoon. (laughs) That makes me sad. I know, like, Frank Ocean makes me so sad. (laughs) Anyways, so in the sound meditation, we got into. it was a little bit guided in the beginning where, okay, just start thinking about like the noises you hear and what do you see? And, you know, for a while I was like, okay, like I'm getting into my meditation, the rain sticks making me think of like a waterfall and I'm, you know, I'm being, I'm like floating into these different scenes. And then all of a sudden I'm like in and out of these different scenes and there's different faces I see and different people. And then it what was... What kind of faces? Just people. Faces that I didn't recognize. Okay. And so... I think you're a visually sensitive person, I'm very visually sensitive. So I'm seeing these faces. It's getting... The the pictures that are going in through my head... Because now I'm not thinking thoughts. They're not thoughts about like, oh, I have math homework due. They're like vision. (laughs) So now I'm like getting Like what though? Like can you tell me something specific? So... Like what face? Well, so, yeah, let me let me get into it. Like the visions <laughs> of like people, I don't see their faces, and I just see them, and I feel like their energy, and they're just different like pictures or moments in time, and they're just going in and out, and in and out, and in and out, until I get to this one particular vision where it's like this girl, and it's like this little girl. She's really dark, like. I can't really see her face, but I can see, like, eyes, you know? And it's, like, this really dark figure, and it's just staring at me. And, you know, and at that moment, I just start getting really scared because I'm like, why am I seeing this girl? This is a sound meditation, and I'm around all these people, but I can't get out of it type thing. Like, I couldn't get out of this state. And, you Mm. know, you're still, the music is going. My body is, like, really heightened. I'm still seeing this one girl. And I started freaking out. And then so I'm like trying to shake it off, trying to get out of this state. And then I wake up or, you know, I get out of like this state and I'm back to my consciousness. And my head feels like it's on fire. Mm. Like I touch the back of my head and it burns. And I freaked out. So I was like, what the fuck? So I got up, I ran, I went to the bathroom. I like splashed myself with water. And then I went back and then the meditation was done. And then afterwards, everyone was like, oh, like, how was it? Like, how'd you guys do? And I was like, yeah, that was fucking scary. Like, I saw the fucking devil. No, <laughs> but I also, like, I wonder what parts of your brain you were activating in the meditation. Because um, yeah. I just feel like you overheated your brain with overstimulation. Well, so I, which, I talked to the guy. I yeah. was like, hey, um, uh, I, I, I think his name is Dingoni. So if you're listening to this, Dingoni, like hello, um, you freaked me out, but I asked him, I was like, hey, look, I had this really weird um, experience, like, what does this mean, like, my head's really hot, um, what does this mean, and he was like, oh, well, when you're activating, like, certain 
um, parts of your body or you're sending energy to different parts of your body. Um, they can, you know, when you when you move energy, energy has heat. You create heat. So he was like, you were probably thinking like some crazy shit in your head or something. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, what the fuck? What the fuck does that mean? Like I was supposed to be like relaxed and whatever after it. And I realized like at that time in my life, I wasn't dealing with a lot of things. Like I wasn't dealing with the fact that I was struggling in school. I was dealing with an anxiety panic disorder that I had no idea of. I was really depressed. I was in a shitty relationship. You know, my relationship with, like, my parents wasn't good and whatever, you know. And then, yeah, I don't know. So it's, like, things like that that makes me think about, um, you know, the effects. Like, we just talked about, like, the effects of music, the effects of sound. So I really got into, like, um, researching, like, binaural beats Mm -hmm. and binaural noises and, like, Mm -hmm. um, solfeggio frequencies. And basically those are the frequencies behind... um, The what? Frequency. No, no, no. Self. Uh, Solfeggio frequencies. So in music, um, frequencies they're in a scale. So solfeggio comes from scales, mm-hmm. and basically, um, certain scales have different tonality, right? Which is a scale. So different yeah. notes have different tonalities, and basically, what they say is that these different tones um, they affect your body and your soul in a different way. Um, so I did a lot of, like, research on stuff like that, and there's, like, a lot of, um, I think there's this one study where, um, basically, they looked at, um, people who are about to go into surgery, mm-hmm. and they were super anxious about going into surgery, and what they did is that they kind of started playing for them, like, binaural beats mm-hmm. before they went into surgery, um, and then they found that, you know, they were less stressed before mm-hmm. obviously going to surgery because now their bodies <laughs> calmed down mm-hmm. and the, the binaural beats like affected them in a certain way. And I think about that and I carry that with me for when I'm feeling a certain way, when I'm feeling chaotic, when I'm driving in the morning, like I literally just listen to a sound and a beat there was um a study done by harvard on so patients who had listened to music and i'm not sure exactly what type of music but music before they had gone into surgery and they had found that the patients who had listened to music um, before surgery were less stressed and so after the surgery they were actually less in pain and needed less painkillers to deal with the effects of the surgery right so it cool. seems that the stress in your body makes you more reactive to pain, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. makes me feel like it's like attracting, like like is attracting mm-hmm. like. Which is why I think it's important that we, again, we practice that mindfulness with like meditation and we use that as a tool for us to process out that stressful process out and see things. what we're holding on to because yeah. i feel like we're we have a certain attractor field in our body mm-hmm. so when you're really holding on to tension or those negative emotions you're probably more likely to catch those emotions in your everyday life too so if you're not mm-hmm. processing and also like realigning yourself with higher positive energies i think you're mm-hmm. just gonna you're gonna be like a butterfly net for those negative right. energies and you don't want to be that. You want to live your life in love, right? I hope so. No. <laughs> yeah, always. We try. Um, so I have a question. Do you guys think that, um, well, because I, I think about like, okay, meditation. What is that like psychologically? What is that mechanism um, 
become for human beings, you know? And it's basically just, it feels like to me, some kind of mechanism or state of mind where you can sit down and you can just um, unwind and deprocess or whatever. And for me, I feel like some people, they might not be like, well, I don't want to fucking sit down for like 10 minutes. I don't want to walk in silence or for 10 minutes, you know? And I think a lot of people don't realize that they're probably already doing some form of meditation or some form of getting into a meditative state. I mean, anything that you find passion or love in doing. So whether it's painting or literally Mm -hmm. like talking to the person you love or playing with your dog, going for a walk Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. looking at surroundings. Yeah. Working out. Listening to music, I think, is extremely meditative. Watching Cowboy Bebop. It's just a state of <laughs> mindfulness, being present and conscious yeah. in the current really moment and being aware of what your surroundings are. <laughs> yeah, we're just mindful of everything. <laughs> I think yeah. eating is no but no, real. No, literally, you can, do, you can even practice it by brushing your teeth. Like in the morning when you're brushing your teeth, what are you thinking about? Are you mm. actually focusing on brushing your teeth or I'm are you thinking to about what to do? Tree. What are you like cultivating? I feel like that's what meditation is. Yes. And I think, th- I mean, well, this is an interesting talk because it's, I feel like this is like what pseudo could be about. Like what is... These are pseudo words, right? These are like pseudo trigger words, like energy and like frequencies. And people who are. But people, they know what we're talking about because these are universal things that the human body the human experience we don't we don't see these frequencies no of course not we can't you know because we were we're built on this earth being um you know we're we're only bound to the way that we can perceive the world and even our vision is fucked up we don't see the world the right way you know there are things we don't see that are like reflected in into our fucking corneas and then transfer it into our brains, you know? Well, we can only see a specific range Spectrum, of light. Yeah. Exactly. Right, exactly. So there's so many different ranges of energies and even light sources that we can't see, but we can feel. You need to you accept, know? like, the unknown. I think that's what... Mm. That's the first step into meditation. So I feel like people who don't meditate or who meditate and are like, I don't feel anything. I don't know what's happening. It's because you're just... You're, you're not accepting it. You're not like you're not just to yeah it. exactly. You have to like surrender to. There's more than you can tell with your perspective in this material world. There's more than what you can see or what you can hear, or what mm-hmm. you can taste. Right? It's not an in like invisible energy, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's not perceptive to your senses necessarily. So I have a question for you guys. Another question. Um, do you think? Okay, I have two questions actually. Okay, <laughs> would you yes. like? Do you think there is, um, how do I word this? So would you date a guy that was like, oh, yeah, I meditate, blah, 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 like, you know? Of course. But then would you have to ask them, like, how they do it? Or would you, because do you think that some people, they just, like, meditate, but they're not actually doing anything? I don't know. They're kind of just sitting there and they're just not really doing anything. Because I feel like there's this thing Mm -hmm. that, like, I feel or pick up on where, like, people will do certain practices, but they're not getting anything out of it. Oh, yeah. They're, like, they're like, like spiritually bypassing a It's lot like of when things. you go to the gym. Oh, I've done this so many times, and I'm like, I think I'm doing the workout, but really I'm just swinging the weight in my hand. <laughs> yeah, and it's like a process. <laughs> of, or I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Karen and I worked out last night, and she kicked my ass, okay? <laughs> but it was crazy to feel, like, the difference between, you know, like, just, like, just, 
throwing my arms around like spaghetti. Yeah. And like dropping my <laughs> you ass. Even down forget low. to count. Yeah, I didn't even count. But then like how it would change when I would just be mindful of Aware. my movements. You know, and I think even with something like a practice like meditation, you have to be mindful of your the movement of your mind. And if because if you're not, you're just going to like bypass a lot of things. And I think that's why some people are like meditation doesn't work for me. Like, how do I make it work? Or Mm. I just I'm going to quit because it doesn't work and it's Mm. stupid and you guys are crazy. But have fun with it. Like, just let go and have fun with it. Have fun with it. It's supposed to be fun. But I think you have to Mm. be mindful about how you're approaching it as with anything in life which is why I think meditation is a great tool because it makes you literally think about your approach yeah you know because approach is everything you know Mm -hmm. I don't know approach and execution sorry that's everything I'm thinking about the sound meditation that I went to Mm -hmm. I, I think I kind of had it wasn't a positive experience I mean, it was positive after where I feel like I released a lot of like negativity that I didn't realize I was holding on to. And so that's a positive experience for me. So I went to a sound meditation with a friend of mine and it was in L.A. And I walked in and I um, hadn't met up with him beforehand. So I kind of just walked in alone and um, was seated on a couch somewhere and laid down And then above me, we were in a globe. So there was visual art um, being displayed on the roof of the globe above me. And it was like Shiva or like other gods and goddesses and different entities um, that we were going in and out of. And so the leader of the meditation told us to close our eyes and start imagining um, different light balls of energy in our different chakras. So we worked our way up from our feet. So for example... He was like, imagine a yellow orb on your um, seventh chakra, which is at the bottom of your feet. And with each breath that you take, imagine you're breathing through this ball. And so we would have counts of that and we'd work our way up all the way to the top of our head. Which is what chakra, Shannon? Um, The crown chakra, Mm -hmm. right? Your crown. That's Mm -hmm. your awareness, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's my strongest chakra because I always have headaches like in between my eyes and I feel like it's because I work my brain too much Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think way too much um and so so like basically with this meditation I was like okay I'm just gonna let go like like I could be like this is such a weird experience and like what am I doing here you know and I could be really skeptical and not want to not want to really be a part of it but I'm like whatever like I'll have fun okay like close your eyes like imagine these things whatever mm-hmm. and then I'm like okay let me like use my imagination let me let me visualize it and so then I like started actually imagining what my body would look like if I was in my body watching myself and mm-hmm. so then I like saw myself lying there and then imagined like that's so fun when we do that exactly <laughs> like a rainbow color of like different lights on each of my chakras you know like a flame or something mm-hmm. like that and then breathing through them and then I started um I think there was music playing and so like I started hearing things and I was like okay this is the music but like if I kind of just let my mind go and like let my imagination go what am I gonna hear mm-hmm. And then I started hearing negative things. And then I realized, like, it was, like, people talking about me, you know? And I'm like, oh, this is what, this is what I think every day. Like, this is what I think people are saying about Mm -hmm. me. And I'm like, okay, wait, this isn't Uh. real, Shannon. Like, you realize, like, all these thoughts that you have about yourself, 
people aren't actually saying this. You're telling this to yourself, to yourself and yeah. it's stopping you from acting the way that you want to act. And I'm like, okay, realize like this is all just negative noise in your head and you can let go of it. Mm-hmm. And so to, in that moment, I decided to let go. Mm-hmm. And then like different practices were happening, but like I really felt at peace once I had realized that like a lot of the negativity I hold or like I think that is in the world is really just your projection my projection or like you know my imagination or something Mm -hmm. and so then after that I felt like very at peace yeah that's beautiful Shannon and I think that like I I think as humans when we use our brains and we create these stories in our heads and we create these like paranoia like Mm -hmm. um, paranoid thoughts about like how people think of us or how how we're gonna come off and it's all really just like protection for us you know protection to um, go about our world and whatnot and I think because we like when we practice meditation and we practice that mindfulness we're able to not live and function in that fear Mm -hmm. and that paranoia and those um, protective thoughts because it's a it's you know, it's literally like we're rewiring our brain and our body to kind of sit like, there and accept it and then move on, you know, and function in the world in that way. It's true. You know? So yeah. I think people who are like, <laughs> maybe meditation doesn't work for them because maybe they can't look at their lives in that way and like objectively and kind of sit with it and sit with themselves because it's uncomfortable, you mm-hmm. know? It's really uncomfortable. Also, I feel like these things are learned behaviors and it's almost in your genes in a way. So like, I I mean, I look at my parents and like, I'm like, I don't want to be like, yeah, I'm nothing like them. Or I'm like, you know, I like to think that I'm nothing like them. But like a lot of their like behaviors that they have, like I also have learned as a child. So like, I don't know, like my, my paranoia or whatever, definitely like if you're brown, like, your parents have been like, well, what are people going to say to you? Or, like, if you're any type of Asian, right, they're like, but your aunt or your family or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, like, that was, like, wired into me at, like, a really young age, and it's definitely been wired into them. And I feel like that stuff is just just passed down. So, like, I feel like look look at the people around you because you've probably got those same anxieties as they do. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe you can, like, start there. And start to work that out. So how would you how would you um, give advice to people who are you know they're experiencing that or they're starting to make that connection realization that a lot of um, traumatic um, like family mm. you know I don't things know. travel to them. So what would you say to them if they're like trying to get into meditation? I don't know. I don't know. Do you have suggestions, I, Karen? Um, I think there's different types of meditations that you could try. Like, you could definitely start with a guided one because I think it's pretty difficult to just sit there by yourself. Like, I think you won't be able to do it for that long. Like, two minutes in the year, you're like, okay, like, I want to get up. Like It's like working out, right? It is. It's, it's super hard. I think it's harder than working out because you're not doing anything. You're just sitting there <laughs> with your thoughts. With your brain. And it's so hard because I think just in our society, we're constantly on the go, on the go. Like, we have to be doing something. Uh-huh. We, like, all run off caffeine. (laughs) Yeah, so you could start with, like, a guided one. There's tons of videos on YouTube. There's even, like, apps for it. Yeah, And then, yeah, and there's, like, different types of breath work and different types of meditation, too. Like, something that I really like doing is yin yoga. It's, 
a type of meditation, but you're actually holding a passive stretch for like three to five minutes. And then in those five minutes, you really just have to focus on breathing. And then it's just intervals of meditation, but in it, in the stretching. And it I gives you like, like a form of release too. I feel like I push myself during yin yoga and I know that's probably not what I am supposed to be doing. But I want to go deeper in the pose. Does that make sense? Oh, that's that's the thing about yin yoga. Like, it's kind of natural for you because we're pretty competitive people. We're like, oh, like, we could do more. Like, I could, like, I want to make it hurt. Like, you, you think you want to make it hurt, but the the idea of it is to actually just let go into each pose. And you're not supposed to feel any pull. You're not supposed to push yourself either. You're just supposed to let go and let the stretch take you. Well, it's a it's, it's like a state of mind, yeah. It's like you just have to force your mind to get into that state where you're not forcing yourself into something. And I think that's like. But then you go deeper into it because yeah. you no longer feel the force. Yeah. I like how um, I like how you explained Yin Yoga as you know we're we're doing a lot of passive stretching, and then I like how Shannon, you're like, I feel like I'm not. I, I force myself through it, and it <laughs> makes sense because you are not. A passive person you don't passively live your life it's true you know you're a lot more aggressive in certain aspects and i think that's why I'm literally like tapping my foot <laughs> right now listening to you Calm down. <laughs> you know so i think like when you think about that i mean for me depending on like certain like things that are going on in my life i will act either passively or aggressively and if i'm doing like these stretches and i'm really uncomfortable in them and i want to move i'm like okay what is going on like you need to, like, just let go, let go and get into the stretch, you know? Because you can do it. Like, your body can do it, you know? You just have to uh, let go. I don't know. I we were talking about this today, though, that, like, I, I, mean, I keep going back to, like, genetics, but I feel like I'm, like, genetically predisposed to be, like, yeah, but that's, not passive. Exactly, that's... That's but your it's predisp- also learned. Yeah, that's your that's predisposition. Mm-hmm. I think that we can learn new habits. You can create new practices. You can break down the barriers of whatever you were genetically given. Like, I think that's bullshit. Ooh. Like, bullshit. <laughs> we can break out of it. You can yeah. rewire your brain. The that's brain true. is yeah. plastic. You yeah. can teach yeah, yourself new things or you could unlearn. Right. And that's probably what's going on with like meditation is like we're rewiring our neural pathways for when we're processing stressful events. And then thus we're able to get mm-hmm. better at um, visualizing a solution, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to really, I mean, at least okay. I do. I have to work on my own practice of doing that. But I think recently, yeah. you know, it. But there's like a letting go with that practice too because it's like I feel like I do work on it as well. But then it's like I guess to – I don't know. Like where do I really want to be at the end of it? Does that make sense? Like, Uh, What do you mean? I don't think there's necessarily a goal when you're meditating. Like I think – Like a means to an end type thing? Yeah. Like what's – so like okay, I'm going to be more passive or like I'm going to try to be more passive when I meditate or like Mm. do things in life. But like – so like – who, who am I, like, what is my end goal as a person? Like, what is meditation going to make me, you know? Like, as a, mm. like, a, am I going to just be, like, I see. just I don't more know. aware of yourself? Yeah, I think maybe that's, maybe that's your issue first, is, like, maybe you have to see meditation, not necessarily, like, as a means to an end, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because 
we're, we're always growing, we're always changing um, as we get older. And I think, like you said before, it's a tool. Mm-hmm. So I think it's not necessarily a tool to get us to our destination. That's true. But it's like a tool to help us move and navigate. You know, it's more of like a map. It's a map to ourselves. It's like an artist uh-huh. that like kind of doesn't have an end goal in mind when they're painting or sculpting and they just but then they just start creating they just go ham they go hard in the paint physically yeah you know what i'm talking about and then you're like yeah. whoa uh-huh. and i'm like holy shit i'm fucking picasso <laughs> like call me young picasso chill yeah but, but really yeah so and i think it's like yeah it's like that letting go aspect of like i want to splatter some fucking I don't know. That's how I feel, though. I'm like, I want to paint over every Uh. piece of painting. And then I'm like, but this was such a great idea. But then at the beginning, Mm -hmm. I was like... It it sounds like you you want a lot of, like, cathartic experiences, especially in meditation. And I think sometimes sometimes we don't get that. We don't always. That's true. Sometimes you have a lot of blockages that prevent that from Mm. happening, too. But I'm like, let's get rid of them. Yeah, let's get rid of the blockages. (laughs) I feel like it's like, it's like... Like every time we come over, we always make Karen like pop the knots in our back, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, all my blockages like are clearing in my body. And then uh, I feel like meditating for me is like the same way. I'm like, okay, where's that like, you know, where's that? Yeah, where's that mind? energy blockage? Because it's literally mm-hmm. my brain that's being blocked sometimes. And I'm like, okay, let's clear the way. And I feel like, like you're clearing the way is like your awareness on where it is, and you're clearing that away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely like. When I feel stressed out and I'm going through like an anxious like phase, I, I my brain doesn't work. I don't it doesn't work. My body is overloaded. Like Well, your body's like correlated to your brain, right? right. We're and talking I'm, about that. And I'm just like I can't move, I can't drive, I can't function. Um so I think it's really important that we practice um we just keep practicing our meditation. And I mean from our stories and hopefully the like ways that we've described it, you can see how it can be a useful tool for you. Um, and I hope that our stories have helped you kind of imagine maybe or like hmm, helped you bring in, bring into your head like a sort of level of awareness that you can try to practice while you do your own mm-hmm. meditating. Or a different approach to meditating at least. Yeah. Yeah, and then also pro tip... Listen to binaural beats on like Spotify or some <laughs> shit. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, don't no be afraid really, to let yeah. go. Yeah. And don't be afraid to be a weirdo that meditates on their way to yes. class. I literally I do, do it every morning, and I do it like on my lunch if I'm feeling tired or yeah. if I get stressed out from my just my work environment. Like it, yeah. it helps. <laughs> when talk about pseudo, that's fucking pseudo shit. Like yeah, bro. I don't know, but all right. You want to say another om as we yeah, head out? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's do this. Om. So we're going to inhale. Oh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. This is Pseudo.